When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this 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 is views from Street. Now here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the midweek edition of the Views from Mint Street podcast. Your home. For all the Carolina Panther talk that you can stand, which judging by some message boards right now is not all that much. But hey, man, we love our NFL. We love our NFL squad. We love the cats. We are going to keep going thick and thin, baby. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show in Greenville, South Carolina. And of course, is joining me, as always, my co-host on this particular feature, the great one, Lonzo Reitzel, coming to you from the compound and... I want to start this one, Zoe, uh, by just taking a little bit of a look back with perspective in the rearview mirror. We are now through week four, sitting at one and three. We are, shockingly enough, just a game back of the leaders in the NFC South. And while I understand that a lot of Panthers fans so far, especially on our show, when we have brought up the fact that, hey, you go back and you change up the refs absolutely jobbing us against Cleveland, and we're 2-2, two and two, and leaders in a three-way tie at the top of the NFC South. You go back and you take the Giants win off the table, a, a remarkable 61-plus yard field goal. We are 2-2. Two and two. If you take the refs jobbing us and New York getting a miracle finish, we would be three and one. We are that close to being at the top of the NFC South because Tampa Bay is not as good as we thought they were going to be. The Atlanta Falcons, let's be real, are shockingly good from what we thought they were going to be, but they are still the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to find the roadblock at some point, and the New Orleans Saints are garbage right now. The good news for us is that the division is not as good as we thought it was going to be. So the door remains technically open, which means that technically speaking, if we can figure out what the hell's going wrong, we could still walk through it because even at one and three, we are not out of the picture at this point. Uh, I'm looking, Zoe, because you got upset with my negativity back on Monday. I am looking for the positive, and this is the one I found. Hey, I, I am so glad this is where you went because if you look at you look at social media, you look everywhere, everyone is well not everyone, but the the loudest voices are fire this person, fire this person, get rid of this person. I wish this person was still there. I wish they'd bring this person back. Um they keep pounding is a mantra. It it doesn't mean keep pounding on uh you know the people that you want gone, keep pounding on your chest saying, listen to me, I know what I'm doing. Keep pounding means you keep moving on. And you're right, one game out. That's it, just one game out. 
We're only four games in. We're a fourth of the way through the season. There's still plenty of games to play. And a couple things went a different way. You're right. We would be be in first place. Not right now, but I I just, I, I mean, come on, lighten up, people. It's not like it's, it's not like we're almost done with the season and this is happening. I mean, it's not like you can't see bright lights where you're looking. You can't see. So those people who want everybody gone, are they looking at Frankie Luvu and how he's playing? Are they looking at how the offensive line is starting to gel some? Are they looking at the the positivity of the defense for almost every game except for like the second half of this last game because they were just tired? You get tired when you're out there for, you know, almost the entire game. Yeah, the offense needs work, but it's not the end of the world. It's going to be all right. All right. Now that I've got all that gross positivity out of the way, let's get to the reality of the situation. Did you say gross? Because, Did you say gross? So positivity yeah, all that gross, is gross positivity out of the way. Let's, you need, let's, let's, you need let's to, to reach inside and, and find your inner new day. The power of positivity, man. I would love some. I would love to have some of what you're having, but I am a realist. I face reality, and the reality right now is U-G-L-Y. We ain't got no alibi. It's ugly. Yeah, yeah, it's ugly. Uh, let's, uh, let's look back very briefly at this Arizona game with a little bit of perspective between us and it. Uh, Let's start, for the sake of Lonzo's sanity, dealing with me with the positives, because there are a few. The defense is exceptional. Frankie Louvu is stepping up and becoming a star. In fact, I was I was watching Philly's last game, and I was watching Hassan Reddick, because Hassan Reddick is well on his way to a campaign for defensive player of the year. The guy's lights out. And I'm like, ah, what if we found a way to keep that guy? But Frankie Luvo is stepping in and filling that role and giving us a little bit of life. Uh, Brian Burns is doing Brian Burns things right now. Uh, Brown, a guy that I absolutely dumped on at the beginning of the season, has been very good. The defensive backs have been very, very good. The defense is the bright spot, and I will add to that because you mentioned the offensive line. How about Icky? Icky's average PFF weekly grade in weeks one and two was grading out to a 45.3. Now remember, PFF grades are not the only thing that I go by when I'm analyzing this stuff, but they are a piece of the puzzle. They are a piece of information that I do utilize. Weeks one and two, 45.3 weekly grade for Icky Aquanu. Weeks three and four, His average grade the last two weeks has risen almost 20 full points up to 64.2 per week. He is getting significantly better. As he has gotten significantly better, the offensive line has gotten better. The reason I bring that up is because I think in weeks one and two, Baker against Cleveland, Baker against the Giants, was spending a not insignificant amount of time having to be concerned about pressure, having to be concerned about getting hit, having to be concerned that the offense was running him into the teeth of the beast. And with Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, 
I mean that pretty much literally. Since then, the offensive line grades have gone up dramatically. The left tackles grades have risen, as I mentioned, almost 20 full points at this point. The offensive line has been markedly, demonstrably better over the past two weeks. And if that continues, you would like to think that there is a point where Baker settles down a little bit, where the happy feet settle down a little bit, where he stops running out of protection and into trouble because he just assumes there's going to be trouble he needs to run away from. And if that allows him to settle down, to take that extra half a second to wait for the defensive tackle or, or lie or end to shift out of the passing lane, to clear up that passing lane, maybe we don't have three more batted balls than any other team in the National Football League. I am hoping that this bright spot is being circled, that this ever-increasing PFF grade, both from icking the entire offensive line, will allow Baker to settle down and settle in a little bit and then be the quarterback that we saw him at Cleveland and not the quarterback he has been in Charlotte. Well, you know, something else that would help him settle down a little bit just uh, just just a little thing uh it's uh handing the ball off to a certain running back um w- wearing a shirt of the number you know 22 right now of that of that certain running back that Christian McCaffrey guy if uh he were to hand the ball off to that guy a little bit often uh more often with that awesome offensive line or the offensive line has the potential to be awesome that's getting better every week if he's able to handle the hand the ball off a little bit more because of better play calling then possibly that will settle him down even more because there's nothing like having a third and three, a third and two, because your awesome running back is picking up four, five, six yards of carry. So, yeah, I mean, yes, let's start with yes, that is correct. 13 runs in a game total is unacceptable. I've given you my thoughts. We've both given you our thoughts on Christian McCaffrey and the number of times he should be utilized. I've said probably 15 to 18 runs and then seven to 10 catches is about the limit that I want. I want him out there for more as the decoy. We don't need to go into that already. We've spoken that a hundred times so far. By the way, I just want to say real quick, I'm contractually obligated to mention Christian McCaffrey at least three to four times per podcast. Yes, you probably don't have you don't have that in your contract, but I, I have that in mine. I'm, I did I'm not saying. get that uh, that that particular clause uh, in my contract, so so I will let you continue to bang that drum, metaphorically speaking. But you are correct. I would like to see that happen more often. But let's go back to Cleveland. Let's go back to New York. Let's go back to New Orleans. McCaffrey was given the ball. He was get what do you go back to back 100 plus yard games. Exactly what we'd love to see. I don't know why the game plan was so dramatically different against Arizona. I mean, it, it, listen, it's not like I mean, Arizona's got J.J. Watt up there. I understand that. But it's not like Arizona's defensive line is so much dramatically better than New Orleans or New York's that 
I, I would have thought you'd have changed the entire game plan. Like it's it's one thing if you come into a game against a team with a really bad defensive line, and so you maybe run the ball 10, 12, 15% more than you run in an average game, or you come up against a team that's got a really aggressive front seven that loves to pass rush, so you run it 10, or, or vice versa, right? You come up against a team that has no pass rush, so you throw it 10 to 15. This is not like a shifted game plan because Arizona's defense was especially strong or especially weak in any one category. This was throwing the playbook out of the window and writing a whole new one. And while I, I, I am with you and putting that on Ben McAdoo and I'm fine with that, right? Like Ben McAdoo is here because he had some level of, of success as a coordinator in New York before he had an absolute abysmal showing as a head coach, that is part of it. But the other part of it is why would a tenured, why would a successful offensive coordinator come to Carolina after what happened to Joe Brady last year, which gives us Ben McAdoo as the best option we had and leads us to this situation. All of that to say that if you're Matt rule over on the sideline with your little play sheet and you're looking down at it and you look up, and you're in the third quarter, and you see that you've run the ball six times, at some point, you've got to call up to McAdoo and go, yeah, I don't know what the hell you're doing, buddy, but like maybe put 22 back in the game plan. Just a, just a theory. And that's not to say, I go back to the first series of that last game, right? You got third and one to go. Third and you need a yard. They start on third and one by running a QB sneak with Baker Mayfield. Did not work got shoved back at the line. And then the very next play, you run Christian McCaffrey right up the gut. Explain to me why that was your decision to go with two of the more undersized players in the league in McCaffrey and Mayfield when you've got Dante Foreman, a guy that you're paying good money to be the third down back and get that hard one, one and a half, two yard situation. Why is he still standing on the sideline getting one touch in a game? It's just the 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 decision making, Lonzo, whether it's from McAdoo or Rule or anybody else, is incomprehensible in certain situations. And that's the biggest problem to me. Oh, I completely agree. And it's very frustrating. So I get the frustration of 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 all the Panther fans out there online, venting, uh, remembering how things used to be. I get all that. When you see something like that, for, you know, third and ones are not a gimme. Teams get third and ones all the time and, and they don't get it. But at least they put the right personnel in to have a shot at it. And in this case, it wasn't. You know, I don't have a problem with McCaffrey running it on third down, but not on fourth. And why not throw a fullback in there? Just saying. I mean, Dante Moore, he, yeah. that's, that's what he's there for. Like, he oh, literally has been brought in to play that role. And, and, and you're running you're running McCaffrey, a guy that you know has injury concerns, right into the butt of the center, right into the teeth of their defensive line when you got a bowling ball standing on the sideline that you brought in for exactly that purpose. Explain it to me. Explain it to me. Well, I think they were afraid if they brought him in that the defense would know what they were going to do. Well, they kind of did anyway. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It, it, it. Listen, 
I understand. I get even the cliche of if you can't get one yard, you don't deserve to win, right? I get that cliche. That's an old football cliche for a reason. But if you tell me I need one yard to win, Christian McCaffrey's not getting the ball off center. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the wrong call. And it's obvious to me, and I think to everybody else, that that's the wrong call. Everybody except for Ben McAdoo. 